Hey everyone, just wanted to say something here real quick before the get to the actual episode, but felt like needed to say something about the passing of Terry Hall, which was you know about two weeks ago now. Um, and Sam and I haven't actually talked much since it happened. Haven't aren't recording any again until a few days from now, but um, had to at least acknowledge it, especially in front of this episode about hooligans, which features a bunch of members of the specials so you know there's some talk about that in the episode although we don't talk about terry um but it's just like yeah i don't i'm not really sure what to say other than it sucks and it's a huge bummer because i mean even in the context of this whole podcast without terry hall and the specials i don't think there really is a rancid at least not the this rancid that you know we all know and love ish um so, yeah, I, I I just wanted to say something, you know. I kind of makes me hope that one day in the not too distant future, maybe we'll do just a special God a special episode about the specials. I think that'd be really interesting, and um, especially with their connections to Rancid. So, um, anyway, that's all I got. Just if you know, you got any favorite special songs or memories or something you know seeing them live anything like that holler at us you know let us know love to hear that stuff so with that i'm going to shut up and we're going to get into the actual episode Hello and welcome to episode number 36 of the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. And I'm Sam Melancon from Tobacco Records. And each week we pick a Rancid song or a related song and uh, talk about it and all our complicated feelings. Um, so this week was my pick and felt like we hadn't talked about Life Won't Wait for a minute, so... This week, we're going to get into hooligans. Ronson! Tell them. Yeah! Here's a new face of rock and roll. Let's all find it toe-to-toe. Hot times go! Yeah, the hot times go! All right, so Hooligans, of course, on Life Won't Wait, came out in June 1998. Uh, songwriting credits are Tim and Lars plus Vic Ruggiero, which isn't surprising. Um, no, this is like the Vic Right, song. and it's then like- most notable, of course, is the guest musicians are the specials. So, yeah. Um, which is awesome and yes and is obviously this is like the perfect song for them like i wonder if they knew they were going to be like have the specials in the studio and they wrote this song specifically for that or if they had the song written and were like oh man we gotta get the specials on this song because this is basically a special song <laughs> it's about the specials <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's lars larping as right if he lived <laughs> exactly um but I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, it's perfect fit, obviously for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this is 
one of my favorite songs on Life Won't Wait. I like catch me in the right mood and it might be my favorite song on Life Won't Wait. Mm. Um it's just so it's just I kind of I forgot I didn't or not forgot I don't think I realized like how short this song is because it's only what yeah. but because it has this very lasting impact of it's that chorus it is, sh- is so catchy yeah well being I think almost like we like the meter like almost doesn't work on it like it's part of it. it's kind of an itchy thing to try to yeah. sing you know what I mean like like it doesn't exactly land the way you think it should you know like if right. you just kind of sang it normally you'd be like wait i'm behind in time it feels like that's what it it feels like to me you know what i mean um well i like the way like they're too, trying to cram a lot in yeah and the way you know i mean and, and you know it starts with i mean first it's got like linval golding doing the rancid <laughs> yeah and then lars doing the thing that you know rancid do all the time on their studio records and i love it where it's like they're acting like they're at in a club or something like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, all right, we're going to intro this song to the audience, you know, or do, you know, GGF is the perfect is the yeah, top of the mountain yeah. of that example. But like, um, and, but so, you know, it starts in this kind of mellow laid back. And then when that chorus hits and the, it picks up, especially. And they kind of do the, but yeah. into the, into the, Cor- chorus melody Mel- what? i don't know i don't know what that's i'm like wait what i guess it goes into the main verse with that right no it no, goes it in the goes first to... version of the yeah, chorus yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and jeez <laughs> <laughs> and i like th- that kind of um i think it's like it's a great way a great intro to the song because it's like there's this kind of stark contrast but it tells you everything you need to know within that first like 20 seconds or however long it yeah is. and and you know again this is the record where um you know lars is trying the hardest with his vocals mm-hmm. you know like they they seem to be pushing him to try to be more rootsy and and soulful and everything and and i think this is one of the ones where it works pretty well you know uh, my favorite thing is that it kind of never fully like he's never like perfect right it's always like the still the rancid slash lars version of that <laughs> like because yeah exactly it's, it, yeah um uh, but I do love that it's got that kind of like yeah you're on you're on stage and you're kind of introing a big song and you're kind of rambling you know and saying right. like here we go you know and got banter and, uh, yeah, stage banter yeah, in the it's studio. almost like yeah yeah it's got that kind of like everybody take yeah, it's, it's such a touring musician thing of kind of like playing on a riff and then it's go you know the drums go ba 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 and then you go into the you know that's such a classic thing. I remember at the time there was a lot like I think Lars kind of regrets the here's the new face of rock and roll because I remember every interview was like what do you mean by that like this obviously is like very retro and all this stuff and he's like I don't know I just said it (laughs) doesn't mean anything you know and they were just high on their own you know they're just really stoked on this record you know what I mean like I don't know feeling the vibe of the studio (laughs) and he's just trying to puff out his chest and you know he's with these you know people and on this track and yeah but it is a really like wait did he just say this is the new face of rock and roll <laughs> right yeah it is very much that and it, <laughs> yeah the specials are the new face of rock and roll in specials plus 1998 98 <laughs> <laughs> no uh to your point though about like it sort of standing out and being like kind of 
emblematic of life won't wait right like mm-hmm. that's i would agree with that pretty heavily like really life won't wait to me is about these run oh, i say this a lot on this podcast but like a lot of these rancid albums are more about chunks of songs kind of creating a, a feeling um, and like this first chunk is so like life won't wait this is the thesis of why life won't wait like from first track all the way through nine you know right cream fist it's kind of like the first chunk in my mind that's always how i've thought about it and uh it's just uh so i'm curious this is because uh, mm-hmm. you do bring that up often with like every mm-hmm. album too you know like, and i'm not I'm, yeah this isn't a criticism at all do you <laughs> do you is that i mean do you approach a lot of records that way i mean it's, i'm just wondering like because i think it's interesting because i think um because you know we've talked it's, about sequencing a lot as a thing that's like yeah, the yeah, range yeah. is really good at but that it's like um i mean as a person who think... runs the label and makes music is very important to me and so i think about those things and so i wonder I is, just, is it just us projecting it yeah because we're both like that i think a little bit yeah i i don't know how much i th- well i do think about sweets you know what has made me more think about sweets than in the past was you know moving deeper and deeper into things like vinyl because you think about like you have one statement on one side and you have the statement right. and you have the kind of like what hugs the label what starts the record you know like like right there's that transition so it's kind of like a lost like art of like there's how a, to end a side and right i mean there's like there there is this like forced suite basically yeah, exactly a, yeah and, and it's only on records because like, i mean tapes have that too but tapes can be any length they're so freaking long yeah exactly um, yeah that's interesting I, I don't know why i i am so i bring that up so much with rancid it also might be a familiarity of like uh, those those albums you listen to in your teenage years and you just like grind into dust because you've listened to it so much mm-hmm. they 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 bleed together especially punk albums because the songs are so short and so like if you don't if you're in the flow if you're like playing a video game or you know doing work or or, or you know anything that would generate like i got this in the background i'm doing my thing yeah you're uh you're gonna more think about things in ebbs and flows than you are going to be thinking about them in as individual songs especially when the songs are blink of an eye you know yeah but i also kind of think rancid does lend itself to chunking you know what i mean like i think of this record as very chunked up like there's there's sort of like that last section and it's you know i think if you push me it would be hard for me to go exactly where does it start but i think wrongful suspicion through coppers is like a is a chunk i think uh you know who would have thought through turntables probably about you know a thing like i think there's three or four chunks to this record and i i you know we've talked in the past about how much um backslide and who would have thought are so like in like separable to me and mm-hmm. i think hooligans and crane fists are the same way i think yeah, those two songs are super that. related and um but you know to keep it on hooligans like it's it's it is really emblematic of the tone of that sort of like mellow bright uh big i don't know how to explain it like that uh, that life won't wait does you know what i mean it gives you these songs to kind of they're almost like heavy arena game like songs that but are very laid back at the same time yeah that makes any sense yeah no i think that's uh and i mean i think that feeling i mean i think part of why the intro works so 
Like, mm-hmm. like, cause that kind of intro on a lot of songs would just be like, okay. But I think that is part, like the part of that feeling that you're talking about. And mm-hmm. I think, and so it works with it. I think it also, in the sense of being very emblematic of life won't wait has, um, it does. Yeah. It does have that kind of like larger, it's like, it's, it's, it's like this larger than life arena kind of thing, but there's still this. I think there's this like kind of intimacy to it in the mm-hmm. way, um, and then it has like this almost like worldliness to it when you bring in the specials and have mm-hmm. like th- you know it just kind of and, and those are all the elements of I mean that's what life won't wait is to me yeah those it's things. big and it's worldly and it's crisp and it's but it's like super personal because yeah, it's like you yeah know, I mean it's, it's got a that, very reflective record even compared it's not alcohol bulls but compared to almost every other one it's pretty self-reflexive and yeah and in it um yeah i just think it is very i i think emblematic is the right thing like this is this was one of the singles i think and yeah um, i think so i think it's like life won't wait um our big for a blood clot and then this were the singles and like i remember having a hooligans i had a different hooligans uh cd than what i see out in the world um or on discogs right now when i was searching around i was like that's not what i had or it might be actually that just the cd face had that baseball hooligan shirt design on it but it wasn't for hooligans that might be what it was um like the cd just had this piece of art that they were using at the time but it's not actually for hooligans but um yeah so like I don't know. It's, it is. Yeah. You could very easily say like, this is how you sum up this record. Cause it's got a little bit of aggression and it's got that big obsession with England and that big obsession with kind of worldly <laughs> Jamaica, England pipeline. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was a big, big thing. It has collaborations. I mean, it is so Vic, you know, like, it Oh, is, I know. Like, yeah it just it just comes through so hard that this is you know written alongside vic in a way that <laughs> it's just undeniable you know well i mean and it's interesting too like in that sense between vic and you know lars is very much the lead vocalist and then you've got like tim feels very in the background of the song um Do you think he's playing the jangly guitar at the beginning that i love yes that feels like a tim riff to me i think you're right i don't and know there, you know there's a video i don't know if the video means anything i don't i believe that's one of those videos but yeah it might tell it's you a that's one of those, it's a t- it's like the many years later they had recorded a bunch of performances to make videos out of it but then they didn't and then he went back and like yeah made vi- like timovision videos out of it like 10 years later okay it's impossible or to 15 years tell. later um <laughs> Uh, Life Won't Wait has a bunch of these, though. Like a lot of Life right. Won't Wait songs, they just were in a studio and performed up against a bunch of green screens, and then they never did anything with them. And then twenty, you know, fifteen years later, they did these videos, and they all come up around like 2013. So it's kind of a weird thing, yeah. but it's video That's... from that time, so it might be more accurate. Uh, but it's you know them pantomiming in front of a green screen for sure. Here's a live performance of it I found. Let me see, see if I can tell. <laughs> Yeah, it's got it. Well, Tim's playing some weird solo on this live version. 
but he's playing at the beginning while he's kind of yeah that's definitely him yeah because yeah, okay. lars is just playing like the chord changes he's so. doing the chicken yeah. yeah that makes sense um, uh so i do think that like there is a little bit of lost thing that like this is for being kind of like it's kind of backward facing you know the the i guess we should address what it's about i mean it's this kind of I don't know, romanticist about being romantic about like rude boys and, and, um, you know, kind of British street like, culture and how they, they, and all know. the, yeah, the, the skinheads the, yeah. you know, who love, who love us. <laughs> who, uh, yes. And, the all the rude boys and skinheads and hooligans coming uh, together to coming together to stop racial hatred. Right. <laughs> Because it's a thing that you have to worry about when your uh, good part of your uh, subculture has been, you know, uh, co-opted, hijacked and yeah. co-opted by fucking Nazi bullshit. So, right, like they have to write songs about fucking stop this. They literally have to write songs about it because right. it's that much of a concern. Uh, but anyways, um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, you know, it's sort of, t- it's sort of like a throwback song with a little bit of a message of today of like, remember the specials, remember this period, remember all this right. stuff. Like remember where it started and remember where it started. And, you know, I think there was always lots of problems with it. Like sure. it turns out most populist movements have a mixture of far left and far right is like usually what happens, but like, yeah, saying like, "Hey, you, you, you've this sort of, <laughs> you know, uh, culture of, you know, we've never had a fair shake kind of white street culture that, you know, there's good and bad there. Uh, they're saying like, you know, no racial hatred. We, you know, like we're going to embrace oi, we're going to embrace old two tone ska, we're going to do all these things, but like they're explicitly saying, fuck all Not, that other stuff, you know, what right? I mean? <laughs> Without uh, the racism." without the nazism exactly Um, and so it's supposed to be sort of a posy like coming together and going like look this has you know legacy stuff back to specials and and you know uh so yeah like they're addressing it directly they're saying like you wouldn't have to write these songs if if skinhead culture didn't have a huge undertone of this stuff right and (laughs) and you have to be careful um yeah we we got some feedback that people didn't like our takedown of skinheads of saying hey during fascist times you have to be you lose a lot of the nuance of what uh, of uh the the truth of things because that's right. what that's what fascists want they want you to get into nuanced conversations while they still exist right in front of you that right. was our main and, message right and, well and so that they can i mean and then the fascists it's insidious, use that you know? yeah. yeah and they use that nuance to then like pull you exactly inch by the, inch in a, yeah exactly and so you you lose the uh yeah you said it really well and we like coined it it's 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 more of a axiom or something it's not a hierarchy you know but but it's i I still in my head call it like the rose you know uh maybe it's like a razor or something you know what i mean like uh yeah uh, (laughs) where it's like you know you lose maybe it's just rose's law that you in a time of high fascist sentiment and populism you lose nuanced conversations of anything that touches fascism because that's what the fascist wants. And that's yeah. literally what we were talking about. So anybody who felt uh, belittled by that, it's, I don't think that's yeah. what we mean. We were just saying, yeah, you got to be careful. That's why these genres that have uh, fascist undertones like black metal, mm. 
you know, and skinheads yep. are sharp. You know, they have these these things that are built to just make sure you're tracking and watching and making sure, you know, members of these communities aren't secretly becoming, you know, um, right. radicalized. Like they have whole organizations. I mean, to track black this. metal is like the per is the prime example to me. Of yes. This, right. I mean, and they have, yeah, there's a whole organization. Every country has like an org that there's just a bunch of people sitting around checking in on every member of every band to make sure that, you know, like, well, they did do this. And, you know, like you have these huge databases online of like, you know, trying to keep that shit out of their music. <laughs> right. Which, and, and to be, you know, that's, uh, yeah, like that's, that's self-awareness. It's what I right. think that is, you know, it's, I, it's going, you can't be like, I don't like that you that people have co-opted these things. I don't like that people called emo fucking shit that happened in the 2000s. But guess what? The, you know, words change meanings. People co-opt things, you know? <laughs> right. I don't like that people we called dubstep, you know, EDM dubstep. You know what I mean? Like, guess right. what? I don't get to say, fuck you, culture. You're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's like the culture moves as a whole. You know, like, I know those are dumb examples, but that's the thing. It's co-opting things can suck if you love the thing that's being co-opted right um for sure and and, and yeah like and there's you know i'm just like and it's total i totally get being pissed off about it but like denying it's a thing or whatever is, or, de or demanding like, other people to have this nuance when the whole point is that nuance right. discussion is what's being taken away from you by these shitheads Right. Like, like and, literally go be mad at them. Like they're the, we can't have the nuanced conversation because it's what they want. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's the, yeah, the, it's, <laughs> it's the Nazis who are the problem. <laughs> people, like, <laughs> well, yes, you're right. In this situation, but it's, I mean, it's fine well, in every say. situation, the Nazis. No, no, no. I'd say yeah. <laughs> jumping to Nazis, right. you know, is, is what we're talking about. And like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. Go be pissed at that. Also, rethink your life a little bit that when something has been so fully co-opted that you're not going to win that that sort of mindshare battle that you are doubling and tripling down to own something. That's something I always think about. I don't know. We're way off topic, but this is interesting to me. Yeah. Like, when something's being taken away from you, there's sort of two things you can do. You can be like, I'm going to continue to take up space in this thing and, and do my version of it. It's almost like kind of what's happening on Twitter. It's like this discussion of, do you stay right. and be defiant and say, well, you don't get to take this thing away from us uh, just because you're a billionaire. Or do you leave because you're like, you've crossed the I, line and now I can't truck with this anymore. Right. And yeah, right. Well, and you know, Twitter is a good example in that sense. Cause it's like, because I've seen, I've seen people, um, who I have a lot of respect for um, talking about it from this perspective of like who maybe even a couple weeks ago had this, the, the approach of, well, I'm not going to let you take this away from me. Like I, you know, but in the intervening time it's become, well, now I feel like I'm contributing like by being here and I'm contributing you know, having eyeballs to the advertisement. Right. I'm contributing. Yeah. I right to this fucking terrible thing and and i and i think there's some legitimacy to that like i mean i, yeah, I don't both have sides make answer. a lot of sense on that one right yeah, exactly uh, and i feel the same way i mean i feel it very similarly to when something like this happens with skinheads like like there's a point in which you abdicate the space because you are you've been yeah, so you undermined know, like like we've 
I've got a good example of this. But go, go for ahead. it. Go for it. Well, no, no. okay. So um, and this was a conversation that I had when I, I did an interview last year with Marisa Anderson and William Tyler, mm-hmm. who are both like incredibly wonderful, thoughtful people. And we started talking, we were talking about, and then I, and Marisa and I kind of continued this conversation when she was uh, in town last month for a show, but this idea of, so, you know, I live in Oklahoma, which is one of the most backwards, quote unquote, reddest, whatever places. And I get asked all the time, like, why don't you just leave? And I ask myself often, not, I don't know how, I ask myself that too. Like, why do I stay? And, and, and so, and it's a constant sort of battle in my head. And I mean, and obviously my wife and I is a big part of this. It's not just me making these decisions, but like, so I'm in this position of like, there's a lot of bad shit going down here, uh, because of the privilege that I have, I like my wife has a good job. Like we're you know, we're, we're not struggling from like a financial standpoint, like my family is here. So we have, and they're not shitty. So we have help with, you know, Mm -hmm. our child, Mm -hmm. like all these things. And I think about there's, so it's like, I can afford to stay and face the shit more so than, you know, a lot of people can, but then there's a lot of people who can't leave. Yeah. Like, and, and so when I, Marisa and I talked about this about how those are the people and, and often the ones that can't leave are the ones who are most negatively inf- affected by yeah, this most stuff. targeted by all this shit yeah. yeah and so I often and so like and I mean and obviously this isn't like a one-to-one analogy or anything but I think about that a lot in the sense of okay if I leave then there's like one less person that is in a position to push back and stand up for those people. Not that I'm like fucking changing the government or anything. I'm not suggesting that, but like the more people who are in positions like me that leave, the worse it's going to get. Yep. Absolutely. Because there's, and so, but the thing is, is that there, and, and it's, this is obviously like, this isn't like, it's a, it's different because it's like an entire popular, you know, we're not talking about some like subculture or mm-hmm. some, um, like, you know, lifestyle or something. But, um, but even with that, I mean, we talk, I mean, my wife and I talk about it. It's like, there is a, like, we don't know what it is. It's it's kind of like, we're always talking about like, I don't know what the line is to where I quote unquote, can't somebody is canceled for me. Like it's a very amorphous fluid thing, but like we talk about like, what is the tipping point to where it's like, okay, no, like it is not like, especially because I have a kid, like yep. my kids, the part, you know, her life is being severely like the negatives are outweighing the positives of having like a very supportive family structure and like all these things. And so I, I, I where I'm relating is it's like, it's this, it's a hard question. Like if you're involved in something that is, yes, gets co-opted and taken over, like you have to, you can't, I feel like you have to have those like hard looks in the mirror or whatever. Yeah. Especially in the worse it get, like the more often you should be, I think it's important to do that because I've known people who, and, and not with like skinheads and Nazism, but certain things where they 
um, started out as it was like, oh, this is, you know, this sort of, it's part the, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I can't, uh, I, I don't want to like talk specifically about somebody who may hear this, <laughs> but you know, somebody who, well, we kind of talked about this, I think a little bit with um, Jeff on the life won't wait episode where it's like, I had, I, I have had friends who kind of were into conspiracy theory stuff, but in the like area 51 yep. and the shit or like, and it was like, yeah, okay. But now they're like, like anti-vaxxers, like Fauci is, yeah, you know, and it's, it's really easy. I think, or maybe not. It's easy. I don't know. It seems easy if to, end up like start in one place that is relatively harmless and is like, yeah, that's cool. Like mm -hmm. that's part of your, and the people who the forces of that have really terrible intentions. So, you know, the COVID conspiracy theorists and anti-vax type people or the neo-Nazi skinheads that to, like you get pulled, you know, the, you start with like, well, you know, we agree on all these things. Yeah. And then it's like, next thing you know, you've moved, you know, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the nuance. I mean, that's what they do. That's how it works. <laughs> and at some point to me anyway, like it becomes untenable and it's like, yeah, okay. This thing is like important to me, but I can't. Uh, like it's been it's not that anymore yeah exactly and yeah. um and i think and i think it's just i think and, and it's and that's a really hard thing to come to terms with oh god um, yeah don't, yeah no like if this is your identity and by the way i don't know what the right thing to do is is leave or or stay right right like like if you if you want to zoom all the way back to skinheadism right positive right. skinhead is a thing i'm probably pretty pro but the one thing I would say is ignoring that in the moment we're in and basically the entire history of skinhead movement to say, there's no problem. <laughs> That's right. the one thing you can't do. That's not what skinhead means. That's not what they were like. There's black skinheads. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I gotcha. I'm with you. I'm on your side. But you have to be hyper aware that this has happened and now you need to address it in some way and things like sharp i think that's the name of it the one that's like the skinheads against racial mm -hmm. prejudice i would guess um you know all these these movements i remember all these like god do you remember when there used to be like books and flyers and you know like political movements would come along to shows that used to be a thing um you know yeah, at the back of the show you know God. like a lot of yeah. the time there would be these anti-racist punks things that were very focused on skinheads and and being like here's how you spot skin, you know the fucked up skinheads right like we're that times a million with these sort of insidious online spaces and all these things and so just going harumph that's not how it is because of the 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 sort of i also think that's kind of a fairy tale element of the memories of people of the past that you've been told over and over and there's like two documentaries about it uh i think it was probably as much left and right extremism then as there is now in skinheadism you know what i mean oh 
mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and like there's also very famously that a lot of skinheads who said they were anti-racist ended up being you know there's a lot of violence against um you know uh east asian folks you know at, at the time you know by black skinheads there was there's there's just yes. these highly complex topics and i want to talk about them highly complexly but it's really hard because then you are doing what we are literally doing it right now. We are literally doing the <laughs> right. thing that we the fascists are... want you to do. Oh, it's a, it's a rain. It's like, no, fuck you. You know, like you got to be hardline about some of this stuff. And if you're like willing to stay, you either got to be, make that your, be your whole thing or be, have to leave. You know what I mean? Like that's what's, what's so hard about it in my mind. Maybe I'm being too simplistic yeah. about it and too like coming at it from a privileged angle or whatever, but like, I don't know, like, I've had to kick people out of my scenes in the noise world, too. Like, black and noise and all this stuff has, like, real shady fucks, you know what I mean? Like, and it's... Absolutely. And you know what? If that took over the scene, I'd be like, all right, I don't have a scene anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like right. it was really important to me, you know, to have some of these crews. But if the, that if certain elements of the crew had kind of grown at those moments when we were realizing we were going in the wrong direction, it would have been for me at the time a simple choice i think as if i was younger it would be harder because it's like oh i've built up all this stuff about like punk rock or whatever but like for me it would be pretty easy at this point it's like oh that scene that i loved it's getting taken over shitheads. Yeah. it's like you either kick out the shitheads or you leave you know what i mean that's all you can do and it sucks right. and that's why we're mad about it we're not mad at right. you we're just mad about it so it's like i don't know it's it's such a I don't know, we probably built, beat this to death, but I kind of forgot that this song would bring up this topic, to be honest. No, I did too. I wasn't prepared to have this conversation <laughs> at all, but I, but it makes sense. No, I think it, but I think it's, it's a good, it was, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and especially in relation to this song, because, um, I, and you know, I think that's really interesting though, that you say, and, and I, and I think I feel the same way about how you're saying, you know, like if whatever scene now you're, you know, if this happened, it'd be easy for you to walk away from yeah. it. Yeah. Like it's interesting, and because I feel the same way, and at the same time, it's like it's interesting to me because I have so much more invested in it, from like at least from like a financial longevity yeah, and yeah, fun, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, so because I'm I, yeah, it's really I don't know. I wonder I because to me like there's a part of me that would think well you know I've invested so much of my so many years of my life to this, like it should it should be make it harder for me to walk away but no in my mind it's like yeah no it's and maybe it's just you know i don't know i don't know what the hell that is but that's interesting to me no it's super (laughs) interesting and i think the biggest thing i want to i want to put a big asterisk on this whole thing of like i don't really know what i think at any of the hyper nuanced stuff and there are way better experts and if you're an expert on like fighting fascism within these these sort of um groups that have you know the black metal the certain power violence and noise and and things that are usually end up being hyper leftist or hyper hyper you know right mm-hmm. that have to police this stuff i'd love to talk to you like maybe even on this podcast about it but like the one thing i will say is that the nuanced conversation seemed to be what the fascists want and in the moment that we're in i'm willing to have lose a little bit of nuance about the history of what is at this point a very retro genre you know it's not like this some progressivist Mm -hmm. you know interesting it's a it's a thing in a time capsule 
and say, I'm fine with it getting simplified right now to make sure that we're not getting in, in trouble. And that's the, the, the core thing. And this is, and we were relating this back to um, Tim and Rancid and Lars in that they have kind of an obsession with this stuff, very 90s style obsession with this stuff that puts me on edge because they're playing with it. And that was a big 90s thing was to kind of play with it as if this stuff was mm -hmm. old and not happening. And it's like, no, it's happening every day and it's even more so today. And so like, I am terrified that one day we'll wake up and Lars will have been pushed over the edge by all these people telling him how he should act. And then he'll right. suddenly red pilled like crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's crazy. That is happening to all sorts of people in our oh, world. Oh, it's happening left and right. And, yeah. and a guy who had at one point said, I took screwdriver records out of circulation, but I didn't destroy them. Makes me go, huh? You know, like, right. like it's like, oh, that's like the first part of that. Sounds great. It's like, oh, that's great. Wait, you've got minute, a lot huh? of money. Go buy them all up. And but hold on, you didn't. You still have one. <laughs> yeah, you didn't like like this sort of like down. collecting Nazi memorabilia sort of tone is just not great. And it uh, it dovetails to the largest parts of this uh, this this pod where it's like, do we really like these people? Do we like the vision of them in our heads? And why do these guys who are essentially sweet, smart? nice guys get so interested in these movements that are mostly about the power of masculinity and testosterone, you know, like, like they're yeah. so, they seem so mm -hmm. wrapped up in kind of the romanticization of those people and, and surrounding themselves with these people. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on that. Fuck. Yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on that. I, I, we put a stake in the ground that we like this music, you know what I mean? And I don't want that associated with me right. either in the most minor way right. it is, you know, the tiny little it, way it absolutely. is. Absolutely. And so, uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, Hooligans I, I, is about I, that, I think on uh, some level, and it makes me feel good about Lars. This is the sort of side of it that makes me go, I think it's, I right. think it's enough embedded in their souls that they don't want that side of it that they're not that they're resistant to being red pilled the way the internet machine works and they 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 lived in a time in an era where it was very clear that that wasn't going to fly and they got good lessons and they got to work with good people and like they would go i'm never going to be like that but i keep my eye out on it also right i love the, do you remember here's a completely left turn if you have something to say that's it's fine uh there's a really, really interesting guitar solo effect thing on like the bridge that I feel like is the beginning of that like, oh Tim Tim bought a pedal. Uh, <laughs> it's like the beginning of the let me go thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, the guy, the guy, the boys. I don't want no racial hatred. Yeah, Tim got a, maybe he got his pedal during yeah. the world traveling sessions of or or it's one of the yeah. specialist guys who you know two of them I think are oh, guitar maybe players so maybe they were doing that's it. true that's actually probably what it is. <laughs> that's probably Roddy Radiation doing his yeah. which God what a great yeah we didn't even talk about Sorry. the specials I mean we uh, you know like, yeah I mean I, I think I mean the specials are they know awesome. I mean they're amazing they're kind of like. <laughs> If you, they always were the one that like everybody gives the pass to, like, 
Yeah, the fucking specials are awesome. Right, they, yeah. You know, like Right. It's like, oh I fucking hate ska, but the specials that are cool. specials record is so good, you know. Like you know, it's like for everybody who didn't get into the white reggae, white ska sort of thing, they're like, Yeah, I like London Calling and I like the specials, you know, and you're just like, Yeah. Right. Like the Yeah, it's like yeah, and and you can't really question it. I mean it's super good. <laughs> a thing I wanna do, which I keep planning on doing, is going back and watching um Maybe we should do this sometime, like related to the podcast, is rewatch Dance Craze, the like documentary from the time about all that movement, like the two tone movement. Um, oh, and yeah, it has a bunch of like live performances and stuff. Um, I haven't watched it in yeah, years. I, I haven't watched that in 20 yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Probably. So I feel like uh, that would be cool. Like, that may be a good topic because we keep kind of, you know, a thing I think we're not well, super. We talk about the body snatcher. Yeah, exactly. We, we talk, talk about, about you know, all those people, and they're all in that that movie and i think we sort of act like everybody knows about two-tone sky or that we know so much and it's like i don't know i know what i know but that's it you know what i mean so could be a could be a fun uh let's go back and kind of talk yeah. about that topic and talk about that Man. time because we reference it so much you know i'm looking at the um like the lineup <laughs> yeah i didn't even realize it had uh, Body Snatchers doing Shantytown from Desmond Decker, which is like one of my favorite yeah, Desmond yeah. Decker songs. And uh, that's cool, man. Yeah, we should. Uh, now I just want to watch this. I wonder if it's easily findable. I'm sure somewhere. YouTube's got it. It's got to be, right? I mean, that's probably that's not great. YouTube has everything. <laughs> well, but whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to add that to my list of things to do is find that. But yeah, that'd be a cool, like, if we. If we ever have a Patreon. Yeah, that would be a perfect Patreon. <laughs> so we're thinking about it. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I... Oh, I guess the only other thing is there seems to be some... Um, controversy isn't right, the right word, but... Um, disagreement on whether the course is Rude Boys or Boot oh, Boys. Oh, yeah. I f like it's set... Did you have I, that problem? I've seen this online before. Yeah. I always assumed before I even like looked up the lyrics, I just assumed it was Rude Boys, but like Tim saying it, right? So yeah, exactly. Like the, the rant, it's being ranted. And... It's the, right, but then I saw yeah online a lot of people were saying, boot, no, boys. No, it's boot Boys. That's like a that's like a moon a, stomper boot boy. Yeah, heads. exactly. Yeah, I there's no way it's and not I, Rude I, Boys at least mo half the time. You know what I mean? Like they maybe go back and forth, but yeah, I feel like it's got to be Rude Boys. I don't know. I and I'd never. I mean, to be fair, I I'd, I'd never really heard the term boot boy until I started reading this like earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not a that's not a term I heard. I think like, it was planted of, like, referring to like yeah yeah. Stuff. I think it was planted in my mind at some point by the internet saying like oh it's boot boys uh, and I can hear it but I I know in my soul this is rude boys. It's got to be rude boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's got to uh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I think too, and and like when um, Linval Golding says it, like he's oh really, yeah, he's really saying, saying "Hooligan the Rude Boys," yeah. But well, uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I just thought that was kind of funny that it was just like what it's <laughs> it's Tim. It's the way Tim would say yeah, exactly. Rude Boys yeah. in the in the fast cadence again. Of the I song. think there's there's cramming um, a lot into these these lines. There's something yeah. about the timing that's kind of weird. And I wonder how much of that is like Vic's like it should be like this, and then they're like, "That's not how we play songs," <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like wow. And I wonder, and you know, because you know, we we often talk about um, like with Rancid Two Thousand and stuff, how it clearly it just seems like 
they all it's mostly all done live and they recorded a couple takes and like all right this is a good one i wonder how like doing the vocals especially oh, on this like record that. how many take i bet it was Tons. just like yeah endless. i bet it was a lot more i think this is um, them trying this is their kind of like let's be perfect record you know which is hilarious because it's yeah. deeply not perfect you know <laughs> it's still right but it's but it's but all of that effort does pay off i think so you know good for and the the money in the in the effort payoff so okay technical difficulties internet died think we're back so we're gonna just consider our discussion of hooligans good to go (laughs) um it's a good song like despite all those other things like or you know that it was good conversation but it's also just like it's a great song yeah Yeah, it's it's like just peak life on weight delightfulness yeah and and like one of my favorite rancid quote-unquote ska song like you know yeah if we were doing if we were doing the bracket which someday we'll have to do like it would get pretty far for me so yeah i Uh, think so okay so that means we are ready for next week's pick yes and i i i had forgotten that i told you earlier i was like i don't know if i have a pick but i've had a pick in my back pocket for a little while it's um yeah, I don't know this. what we are gonna. Yeah. I don't know what we're gonna think about it, but it's one I'm, I keep meaning to bring up because okay. there's stuff to talk about in it, and that is uh, indestructible off of indestructible. Oh shit! The first track of indestructible. Okay. Uh, there's a lot wrapped into that song, and it's been a little while since we came back. And I think, well, I don't want to talk about it too much, but there's a lot to get into there. You know, like I think there's some meat to that song. Um, uh yeah and it's kind of, you know speaking of emblematic songs it's kind of like it is such a interesting like name the first song on your album that and it's definitely right. kind of a you know it's a manifesto of sorts you know so it's like it's kind of an interesting one to go attack so yeah yeah that's a good let's one hit, let's hit that one it's a good, good one yeah okay it'll be the the uh indestructible episodes always <laughs> yeah. always get interesting um, all right, cool. Well, everybody, always, as always, thanks for listening. You can find us uh, on Instagram and on Twitter so far um, at RancidPod. And yeah, all right. And I guess we will. Is this the new? This would be the first. I think this might be our first episode after. And I think it might be 2023 now. So happy new year, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> It'll be the 29th. It will be the 29th. So, right? No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, no. I think that's, uh, no, because we did, remember we did two oh, in a row. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this will be yeah, uh, that's right. whatever, the fifth, I think. Yeah. See you in the new year's pit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know what to say after you said that. <laughs> <laughs>